Hey there, I'm Susan. And I'm Jessica. Welcome to the Eavesdrop on Us podcast, where we have real conversations about what it's like to be in business these days. Pull up a chair and welcome to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Eavesdrop on Us podcast. I'm Jessica. Hey, I'm Susan. And this week, as this episode will be released at the very beginning of December 2023, we're going to bring a topic that I think has been like hush-hush. It's been the topic that I think every small business owner has been feeling, thinking about, but I wouldn't say they've been talking about it Mm -hmm. as much as they probably should be. And that topic is the economy. So Susan, you you were especially keen on talking about this topic. So I'm going to let you, I'm going to toss it over to you and let you jump in and start talking about this. Well, I appreciate that. That's very generous. And in fact, I am very keenly aware and uh, committed on this particular topic because, you know, it stems from the great pretending. So let's define what the great pretending is. Everything's fine. My business is great. I'm great. Happy days. And we're saying it over and over and over again. And saying it does not make it true. And so that's where the phrase, the great pretending stemmed from. And so then a deeper question I thought needed to be asked, well, what are we pretending that's not happening? And it's the economy. And great or small, we're feeling the pinch. So that pinch could be a longer sales cycle. That pinch could be vendors increasing wildly the fees for their services and goods. And, you know, small businesses are trying to figure out, okay, on the right hand, I have service. I'm getting charged more just to do the same. And then I'm looking at, why do I pass this on to my clients and my clientele and and not lose their business in doing so? So this is really, you know, downward pressure onto the small business purveyors and professional services, especially. Uh, So without going on the technical side, I promise you I'm avoiding that at all costs here because there are bigger messages to share with folks in the sense of if you are feeling that pinch and really you're getting sick and tired of the great pretending that everything's fine. I'm fine. But also we've been kind of operating like, I think that, yeah, I think it is the great pretending. It's like, it is. we're just going to keep acting and doing the same yep. things. Yep. And like, you know, yep. and, and I think obviously with entrepreneurs, there's optimism and we're always, we're problem solvers and we're going to figure this out and we're going to, correct. Yeah, we're going to get through this, but but I want to capture that energy right there. You said we see we see the glass half full, not half empty. I love that optimism. We are can can do people. We can figure this out. We can work this out. This runs diametrically opposed to that, doesn't? You know, when we're feeling that pinch and that and the pressure of a contracting economy, meaning I'm concerned about losing market share clients, and I'm getting charged more to do the same or less. That's a, that's a contracting environment. So when that happens, the questions then become, what the hell do we do? Well, and I want to just actually val- just validate 
I think what a lot of people have been feeling, which is mm. that mm. shift. You know, yes. we were just talking about this yesterday. So before we get into like what what do you do? How do you how do you navigate this? I think it's just validating that you're it's not happening. imagining things like it actually <laughs> is happening. And you know, you and I were talking about this yesterday when we were hosting a, a live training to a group of service-based entrepreneurs, you know, yes. who are professional services, you know, they're they're it's not product, it's not anything like that. And so we were talking about how a couple years ago people Easy. may have prioritized your service as a necessity. Correct. And now they're sort of looking at it like I'm mm, thinking twice. I, I'm thinking twice. And yes. it's fascinating because it didn't really, I didn't necessarily explicitly make this connection until we talked about it. But I was like, oh my gosh, the yeah. market that I have served since 2017 has massively shift and shifted mm-hmm. in terms of what it is that mm-hmm. they are focusing on, what they're looking for, and more importantly, what they're willing to invest in. So I'll just give the quick example for the benefit of the listeners. And then I I, I want to get into like, okay, so what do we do about this? But you know, back in 2018, when you and I were on the conference event circuit and we were speaking all over the place in person and I was positioning, you know, online course creation and let's, let's, you know, create this killer course and your modules are going to look so great. And, and people ate it up because it was so, it was creative and it was fun and people loved their, their quote signature process and their acronyms and, you know, taking the thing that's in their brain and putting it onto, you know, paper. Exactly. And people had exactly. time and the resources to say, I'm going to play with this a little bit more. Now it's not even on the list of priorities. It's like, I need to make sales. This, this baby needs to make money. I can focus on the quality of what's inside this thing later, but I don't have time yes. to spend parsing back and forth. So I think it's first, you know, I think recognizing in one's business, where are you starting to see the symptoms of the economy? Or feel. Or, or feel. Pinch. Yeah. And and so I love that observation, by the way. Thank you. And the sharing there that you just gave, because I think, you know, folks listening in will really, it becomes much more tangible, right? So if I may, I'm going to pivot right into, well, what does this all mean? And what's the bottom line here, ladies? I just have to say, I like that you're not sitting in the like, let's talk about how this is showing up in our businesses. It's like, no, we we need to make some decisions and yes. start planning and thinking about what we're going to do in 2024. Yeah, you got to bottom line it. So the question becomes, okay, what the hell do we do? The, the economy is contracting. Now what? So here are some now what solutions. Step one. Really take a look at where you're feeling that pinch. Are you getting on um, vendors coming in at you left and right, requesting a 12, 15, 20% increase on their services? Remember that it's a negotiating opportunity. That's one thing I'm always fascinated by. You can either have a conversation with, you know, if it's a larger service like Keep, Keep just gave us a fabulous notice. And keep is keep is in an email marketing system. Yeah, it's a it's a CRM, a uh, large scale CRM, and it's really what got me thinking. I was like, I I I see this. I'm wondering how smaller purveyors are doing, and it's like, but how do you absorb 12, 15, 20 percent increases across the board? So your bookkeeper's giving you an increase. Your 
software or tech stack purveyors are giving you an increased so on and so forth. So what the hell do you do about it? Well, number one, pick the phone up. Have a conversation with them. This is a conversation, not a tutorial environment. This is a dialogue. I would like to work with you. Can we negotiate or have a conversation about this increase? Are you able to grandfather me in? Because if they're offering real sweetheart rates to newbies coming in and sticking you with a price increase, you better have that conversation, right? So be willing to pick the phone up and have a productive, respectful, professional conversation. That means you need to know what your outcome win is. The outcome win is not to take on that full impact of their price increase. That's one. Two, you need to ask yourself, do you really even need it? Have you evolved and grown and or shifted? Do you need that full or service at all? Right? It's both ways. Hey, if you're enjoying the show, make sure you subscribe so that you can stay up to date with all of our amazing episodes that we're going to release. And hopefully this has you thinking about things twice. Come over, have a conversation with us. We'd love to have a conversation with you to take that next step. But not with us, we're certainly going to put you in the right direction. Make sure you go over to IWantToCollaborate.com. Back to the show. So... That's one thing I'm always fascinated. Small business providers tend to be a little bit slow to that. And it happens to do because they have less time, perceived less time. And yes, I stuck that word in there, perceived. They do have the time. It's just they perceive they have less. I digress. So then we go into the next thing I always recommend. Have conversations with your so-called leads or potential clients. You know, it's okay to spread out payments. Some is always better than none. And I, and I think if, if I could just jump in, I think the theme yeah. of, of the first two points has really been communication. And 100%. I think uh, and on the one hand, with the first option, it's, you know, when you're receiving information and news from the vendors that you're working with that like prices are increasing, it's like, well, sure, you could just take it and be like, well, I guess it is what it is. But it, it, you're saying like, actually, you can advocate well, for yourself and have a conversation. And I think the 100%. second thing is also, you know, having an open line of communication with your clients and customers. Yes, 100%. Communication always wins the day. Always. So now, you know, let's take a look at your pricing and your market share, if you will. I promise you. You're seeing when you purchase goods and services, the new button that's on every checkout, would you like to have afterpay? Would you like to spread your payments out? You know, take a lesson from our big brothers and sisters in corporate and medium-sized enterprises. If they're having to do the same, well, jump on boat. Offer the same to your clientele or potential clients. And, and I think I, I want to jump in and just say, because I know so many, I've seen this so often in social media scrolling and some of the um, Facebook groups that I'm I'm part of where service-based people will kind of say like, oh my gosh, I, you know, I spread it into payments and 
I did the whole service and the person didn't pay. I mean, be smart about it in the yes. sense that like, you know, a creator an agreed upon structure for payment that and payment plans, you. but honors both parties. A hundred percent. Thank you. For I feel like that. I just had to say that because I'm like, okay, someone listening to this is going to be like, okay, so I'll just give someone who's coming in 15 payments and I'll do no. all the work up for like, no, that's not what we're saying. <laughs> no, usually it's a beginning, middle and end payment, you know, by the, you, you recover the, the last payment on the last day of services, right? Mm-hmm. It should be, you shouldn't be chasing after payments after the fact, unless they have exceptional, you know, payment history and it's a client that's been with you before and, you know, no. all the caveats included, but you know, the rule of thumb here is, you know, if you're professional services, so I'm talking to my uh, dental, doctor, attorneys, my CPAs, you know, it, folks like that aren't going to use those services and run away and, you know, go and ghost them. There, there are mechanisms to recover and so stay on, you know, a healthy footing. But I also want to address the smaller service providers and purveyors. And in saying that, that, you know what, if they have good credit history, and yeah, you would have to take a look at their credit history. I recommend you looking into that. I don't think it's within the scope of what we're chatting with today on. But I do think, you know, ultimately, I'm going to come back to what can you do? There are options. So it will take you asking those questions. What can I do? What should I do? about the payments. Well, can I jump in real quick? I think this is also something really fascinating that we're seeing a lot of business owners feeling inclined to do right now, which is lower their rate Uh, for the same service. So if we're talking about like payments, I also think it's, it's worthy of us talking about before you feel that desire to say, well, I feel bad because, you know, people are going through a tough time or it's harder for them to pay or whatever it is that excuse mm-hmm. that you're kind of hearing from your clients. Resist the temptation to lower your prices for the same service because you take it away, Susan. Like, why is that well, a challenging decision? You're not delivering less value. Or so, less time. <laughs> or Yeah. Well, I put that in my world, in my mind, I always put the two together. But you're right. If I am spreading payments out, it's not to say that I don't believe that this has an X value. It just means I'm willing to extend you a courtesy. It's not a um, pass. It's a courtesy. So we would have to agree on X. So let's use a round number. You and I just sell something for $100. I can break it out into two payments, 50-50. All the time, you understand it, you still owe a total of 100. So I shouldn't have to lower my price because I'm extending you even more grace and courtesy. You know, I think for some business owners, there's the, I just, I I don't want to put my clients out or my customers out. I don't, I know times are tough. And I think the twisting and bending of oneself. Then they need to get clear on how essential their services are. And if they're, absolutely not essential, I would recommend that you find an essential component to it. Don't become a one-trick pony. Yeah, be creative. Absolutely. You cannot, you cannot in these times allow yourself to get cornered into 
well in my niceties. So if I'm out prioritized by other financial demands, well, then that means your market has shifted. You need to go find where your market has shifted to, right? So, you know, if you are accustomed to sell on X, you know, widget or service at set price, well, you know what your marginal profitability is in that. I would recommend either spread out payments to allow this standard ideal client or go to where the, you know, the market has shifted. It's an important point for small businesses to understand this. Just as people can evolve and change, markets can too. So what do I mean by the market? It's the buying community. It's where you find your ideal clients. It is what we actively refer to as the buying environment. If it has picked up stakes and moved elsewhere, well, you better darn well do your homework and find it because things have changed. We've often said, if you're doing business the same way you did pre-COVID in a post-COVID world, you do so at your own peril. It comes with terrific risks. So this is where, you know, we have to break the chains of the delusion that everything is great. All things are good. No, things are challenging and things are a little bit more labor intensive. So we have to commit some more time to it. Doesn't mean we have to get steamrolled by it. Not even a little bit. Well, and what I, I like what you're saying is it's being creative in the sense that if what you had before, it's people aren't biting at it the way that they were. Can you add something a little bit different in terms of a, a service or attaching a product to it that is going to change the how someone is going to perceive it? And that could be, you know, something you're already doing. It could also be yes. learning something new or connecting or building a relationship with another provider to, to transform that, you know, and- 100%. If, if a business owner just wanted to, you know, they're, they weren't interested in doing that. They're like, this is my service. This is what I do. But I also recognize that my target audience, my ideal client is going to have a tough time either mm -hmm. investing in this, deciding to say yes to this. One of our clients just went through that and they said, I'm not going to change my, my market. I'm not going to go, I'm not going to go search for a different market. What I am going to do with my existing market and my existing client base is I'm just going to change the offer, reducing the price, reducing the investment, simultaneously reducing the deliverables, the the fulfillment component so that it's also burden. it's a win. It's cost a win. burden. Right. And so it ends up being, I think, a win-win for everybody, recognizing 100%. that the audience very much needs this. They recognize they need it. They just, it needs to be repackaged and repositioned. Yes. And we used to be doing that regardless, quite frankly. You know, this is, again, the perils of becoming a one-trick pony. We honestly have been saying this for at least a year and a half with clients. Repurpose, reframe, reuse what you've pushed out there to the market. In other words, understand your content. Understand your value. Understand how you can best serve and support those that you want to do work with. So, you know, we ask people in a very small way, all right, if you create some content, uh, let's see if we can extrapolate it. a blog post, social media post, and maybe even an email sequence out of it in terms of content creation, mm -hmm. right? It's no different with your products and services. No different. What more can we do with 
X or this particular widget? Can it be partnered with, to your point, another vendor in the market to basically remind our market share who may have shifted and moved, hey, we're still here, you know? So get creative. This is where play to your strengths, right? You acknowledged earlier that we're optimistic and we're creative people. Well, tap into that energy. Get creative. That's what well, we should do about this. What, I, what I'm enjoying about this conversation is I think it's so easy for, for so many of us, especially in the small business world, to feel like if there's not much we can do. We kind of feel powerless. And in some instances, there isn't much individually we can do to change the bigger decisions that are being made. However, what I Absolutely. like about this is, is that we don't have to roll over and just accept it. I think it no. introduces one, a sort of, growing that backbone and understanding that you can advocate for your business and watch out for what you're investing in, who you're working with. Um, and two, I think it also, as we've been talking about just a few moments ago, is is that creativity that so many of us have. It's like, well, let's tap into that and be problem solvers here. Yes. This is where it gets to be a little bit fun and, and you can use your imagination. You can use your ingenuity tap into those networks that you haven't had an opportunity to. So there's a number of ways that you can pivot and respond, don't react, respond to market, I guess, impacts if you allow it to. Another thing I want to encourage individuals that are running their own small businesses and you know leaders in that is remember too now, if you have team, they're feeling the pain and the pinch of the economy as well. So Small businesses tend to overlook, mainly because they're so darn demanded upon, the pain and the stress and the overwhelm of the, the economy on their employees and their vendors. So, you know, expressing, hey, look, I see it. It's not, you know, acknowledging the big boogeyman in the room. It doesn't mean, again, we're going to keep hitting this drum, folks. You don't have to go out to the greater world and fix it, but you can acknowledge to you people in the room that it exists. And I'm going to share with you the power of that. I'm a member of, we are, of course, a member of a mastermind. And I noticed a little group thing setting up that, oh yeah, everything's fine. It's all hunky-dory. I'm good. I'm good. And so, of course, I pulled the pin and I rolled out the grenade. Yeah, what about this economy we're all in? How are we doing? And it was incredible. Everybody was like, oh, finally, we're going to really talk about this. And it turned into an awesome opportunity of give and take and suggestion. And, and I found it so liberating and exhilarating, quite frankly, and empowering. And here's why. Just like in our conversation, Jessica, we're, you know, we're, hey, we could do this or this or this or this. The group in this mastermind were on fire with options. So to my dear listeners, I would encourage you to find other like-minded small business purveyors and service providers because guess what? They're going through it too. And have some suggestions or creative ideas. And that's the power of community. That's the power of good communication. So 
I wanted to share that because it was really an, an enlightening up. And then, then you saw a whole bunch of content and rhetoric come out from the mastermind organizers, which, well, it belongs to a grand puba. I'll just leave it at that. And it was, it was a little humbled and gratified, quite honestly, that, you know, even our little business that's fabulous and enjoyable can impact and influence the greater good. And so being seen, being heard is so incredibly important and being brave. In this instance, we all need to be a little braver. Well, and I think that this the idea of having a community is going to be really important because I yes. think we are going to continue. I, I've seen it. I know you have seen it. The The notices of people who are closing things down, closing their business. And I think that that can be avoided if that person wants it to be avoided. If that's if yes. they don't want to get to a place where they have to close their business, I think it's one of those where hold on, find a community and tap use into that. Too. Yeah, use your vendor. Like community yeah. can look like a lot of different things. It could be, it you know, your, you know, a networking group. It could be your vendors. It could be other business friends. Uh, but people who are committed to being creative and problem solving and getting through this, because I think that energy is and that positive like can do attitude is going to be so important attractive. it's so well, it, it is attractive and i'm just thinking like we're gonna weather and start seeing some some closures of yeah. of things and i think it's like you know that is not going to be my business's story and so i'm going to do what i can to surround myself by other like-minded individuals who you have to face it you of course not but but that's the great pretending, right? If we break it down, now I'm not asking everybody to, you know, go into the fetal position and find a corner and have a good, ugly snot cry. I'm saying, actually, get a chip on to your shoulder. Get get a little gritty here. Get, uh, you know, it, we can, what the heck are we going to do about this? And I add one more to this that we haven't oh, talked always. about yet. I think people are going to have to get a lot braver. Yes. Um, okay. Let me paint this picture. I think what was so easy for so many of us, 2018, 2019, you know, and even further back, right? Yeah. I think it was so easy for people to just, you know, and I'm talking about a service-based entrepreneur here, right? Like post something on social media, you know, do one little thing, you know, send one little email and like the floods of people would come in, right? I think I think for for a lot of people it was just so easy to do those things and it felt effortless and they would just yeah. be surrounded by like tons of easy sales. I think people in business right now, when I talk about being brave, it's doing the thing that you wake up and you're like, I don't really want to do it. I'm afraid to do it. There it I've is. resisted doing it. I don't like doing it. No, your business needs you to do it. Yep. It's like go pick up the phone. Go do the thing that you've been avoiding doing because it's easy not to do it, but your business needs it right now. So yeah. I think there's, I, I read something. It was it was kind of vulgar. It was like you got like, uh, what, what was it? It was something like, um, I like vulgar. Vulgar. I mean, it was it's it's it was something to the effect of like your business needs you to have balls right now, right? I don't know of a moment where our business didn't require that of us to have a straight, straight backbone and a small attitude. You know, you have to feel like 
the runt of the litter at all times. Just, you're just going to get in there and grab it. You know, you have to be scrappy. Well, so I think scrappy looks like, you know, there is an element of requiring bravery. It's like, for example, it's the, I haven't been speaking a lot or I've been avoiding speaking. It's like, well, now go book yourself a speaking gig. I haven't been engaging with my email list. Well, go write the email and send it to your list. Right, go ahead. Uh, Yeah, and I love that you're going down that lane and, and this is really important. And this actually ties back to our webinar yesterday in terms of, you know, the focus is now on money and time, right? Time and money. By the way, did I say money and time? Time and money? Did you did, did you hear me share that with you? Time and money, money, time. So how does that show up? Well, it's called Business 101, your very basics. And wherever you're weak on your basic in sla- or, you know, forward slash fundamentals, it's going to show up a little bit. Don't get wigged out by that, though. Don't Don't worry. Well, I'm actually going to put a caveat because if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, I don't know if I am. The most, the last episode, the solo episode I did talked about those foundational pieces. And if those are a little shaky, it's going to kind of show up in oh. some other places for you. Yeah. So, yeah. As small businesses, you know, we do a lot that is lean and just in time. And that's not a failing. A lot of folks, when you, when you start going to 10 to 15 employees, it, it feels like it's kind of overstayed its welcome, that kind of business model. And you get a little bit more formal and you have much more systems and processes and frameworks and yada, da da da. I'm talking to the us true small businesses, you know, where you may have less than five employees and you have a fabulous lifestyle business and you're really all in, you're really committed and you're worried about your your business staying open and, you know, finding centers of profitability for yourself. And well, first thing, kick that habit of refine, all's good, no impacts. Kick that delusion to the corner and then, you know, take one or two of our kind suggestions here. And I, you know, when I talk about money here, I'm talking about know your ones and zeros. Because as we're asking vendors to extend a little courtesy and a break in that percentage, because I can assure you, those small to medium-sized enterprises in corporate have really kicked out how long they could go before they passed on that price increase. They're low to pass on price increases just as we are. They're at the at the end of the line. They have to do it because they're feeling it from their employees. Hey, we need pay raises. It's not keeping up with the economy. So it's it's a catch-22 here, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's okay to ask, hey, look, can we have a conversation? So knowing your ones and zeros, that's your magic. But time, time. Well, you know, if you can shorten up your time in terms of deliverabilities, what once upon a time, you had a six-month offering, and I'm talking to coaches, authors, and consultants. If it took you six months, take a look at offering it for three months. What could you do for three months? If it was three months, look for two and a half months or two months. You see where I'm going? I'm shaving time off of the deliverable because why? People need outcome now, not tomorrow. I need, quote, unquote, more sales now, not tomorrow. I need more time to get more sales. When? 
now, not tomorrow. And many purveyors really need to tune into that of their market share. Well, I think that this has just been, I don't want to say uplifting because I feel like that's not the right word, but I think it's oh, been, I so. I, I think it's, it's, well, it's been positive in the sense that I think, as I had mentioned earlier, rather than just paint the picture of like, here's why the economy sucks. Here's why it feels so hard. You know, we're, I'm glad that we tapped into, let's be creative. Let's be problem solvers. Let's be communicators and let's work our way through this because, you know, focusing on the doom and gloom is not going to do anybody any good. You know, and that's not I, why you went into small business. And that's not why. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if you're interested in economics and history and you want to geek out about that, Sure, go down the go down the rabbit hole. But I think as far as like, you know, when we sit down with our clients, it's like we're not gonna let you roll over and just struggle with this. So Susan, I'm so glad that we we took this conversation the way that we did. And so I think with that, yeah, it was that it was it was actually very fun considering it was a very serious topic. Serious topic. It is so indeed. So yeah, so Thank you so much for tuning in, Susan. Thank you as always for such a great conversation. Thank you, everyone. It was a joy. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, remember to hit subscribe and to stay updated, head over to IWantToCollaborate.com. I'm Jessica. And I'm Susan. See you next time.